you're up awfully early. If you find yourself having to burn the midnight oil, give DeLuna Coffee's Midnight Shift a shot. This blend is pure Pensacola. DeLuna Coffee, in conjunction with the Pensacola Police Department, created this medium dark roast to make sure the city is caffeinated. A portion of every bag of Midnight Shift sold is donated to the Rally Foundation for Childhood Cancer Research. Try it or one of their over two dozen blends and get a discount when you use the promo code WARCHANT15. Visit thelunacoffee.com and check out their Facebook and Instagram. From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on to this live edition of Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, as well as our good friends over at DeLuna Coffee, delunacoffee.com. Come explore our world of coffee. Go to the website. That's what it looks like, delunacoffee.com. And then the top of it, hit shop, go down to gifts, and then look at that. Tumblers, tumblers, coffee, hot chocolate, hot cocoa, sampler packs, everything you could want over at delunacoffee.com cold world out there Corey. it's a cold world out there getting colder too getting colder by the minute i tell you what it was cold last night in tallahassee it was like in the 40s yes which sir. i'm not I complaining but still it was cold yeah so uh head to delunacoffee.com uh, they are owned and operated by a, a family of seminal alums boosters supporters uh, they're doing nil stuff as well so everything that goes there somehow trickles back to Florida State Athletics. It's a beautiful, beautiful relationship. Very symbiotic, but in a very good way. Warchant.com, the ultimate symbol sports source. Hit the thumbs up if you're watching us live here on YouTube or the replay. Uh, we would certainly would appreciate that. Maybe a five-star rating review if you're on an Apple or iOS device. Uh, by week, but we're grinding. We're working for you folks, so uh, thanks for being here. Corey, how you doing there, man? Uh, Dr. I'm, Clark. I'm, I'm angry you. at my light, my lighting situation. Uh, very angry. Uh, I usually have a light that Gene gave me. Uh, I could not find it, which means I probably left it in Atlanta, which is uh, really dumb. It makes no sense. I knew I was going to be here. And then part of me, Aslan, is like, and I know this isn't for the podcast listeners, but I have a light bulb right here to my, my left. And it would take me 30 seconds to to screw one in and see if that helps at all. But you see, it gets bright. It's bright. Yeah. It's, per it's perfect for perfect right now. Ooh. Explain to me now why it just all of a sudden for no reason gets darker and darker. Not that you guys need to see me anyway. It's fine if I look like I'm in a cave. Yeah, there's a there's an app I'm going to have you download. It's free and you can kind of control your camera and you can set it manually so it doesn't keep going into this like, mm. auto exposure is what we call in the video business so well, right well either way either way you're here for the voice not for what this looks like so you're fine everybody's we can fine buy, we can buy you new gear because they chance here let's go right out of the gate 100 from the good doctor thank you zach I, I went to the dentist uh earlier today aslan for the first time since before covid okay so what was the damage uh it wasn't great uh, they oh. actually told me to come back. They couldn't take care of all of it. I knew it was going to be gross. I knew it was going to be a bloodbath. I apologized to her profusely before and after. They also found a cavity, my first one of my life. No um, way. Yeah, I mean, I had a nice streak. Um, so, yeah, not the best visit to the dentist. And it cost a lot of money, too. But other than that, Z-Chan, I know you're the man. I know you're the man. I know you wouldn't have hurt me like they did. 
They wouldn't numb me up as much as I was hoping they would. That was the that was the issue. You went for a cleaning. Who gets numbed up on a cleaning, champ? This guy. This oh guy. You didn't see what was going on, buddy. You didn't see what was going on. Uh, but yeah, so got to go back. I'm going to buy have... the woman flowers, by the way. I'm going to give her, I'm going to take her flowers tomorrow. I, I really do feel bad for what she had to go through. Well, well I'm sure like she got paid a good amount of money for triage it. Triage nurse. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I maybe have like six teeth that aren't filled in with something. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I, get, I got my first one coming up. But Z-Chan, thank you very much, buddy. Thank you very much. That's very, very kind of you. He's got a question, too, which is even cooler sometimes than 100 American dollars. But, again, we do thank you, Zach. Evening, gentlemen. Which game on our schedule makes you the most nervous, Corey? Right now? At, at Miami. Miami. That's the answer. That's the answer. At Miami, yeah. I think imminent, obviously imminently beatable. Yes. Many teams have beaten them. Um, it's just there. That is going to be the one time it's going to be a true red road atmosphere there. North Carolina didn't have to play in, in what Florida State's going to have to play in. And you don't like that Van Dyke seems to have maybe gotten a little more confidence here. Now, again, they weren't great. You know, he threw for a lot of yards. They scored 17 against Carolina. And he threw for a, a pretty good amount of yards, I think. And he got up early on Virginia Tech and then really limped home to the finish. So they are still, they still, they are still really struggling, in my opinion, on offense. But it's down there. It's probably going to be a 330 or night game. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a different kind of atmosphere. So that and also just what it would mean to beat them two years in a row and what it would mean to lose to a first year coach. Uh that that would not be a great look. Yeah, you know, I, I think some of the, the thoughts were, which is crazy. I'm gonna pull up some stats right here. It's gonna blow our just blew my mind. Uh Miami currently 27th in the nation in total offense. Uh that's incredible. They're averaging over 460 yards. Uh, per game, but they're, yeah, they're kind of like third. Florida State, though, right? And look, look at the scoring offense, which right. is what matters most. Mm-hmm. And they're 61st, so it doesn't correlate. the The yardage isn't correlating with the uh, with the scoring offense. Yeah. Um, I just think that you know there was this kind of narrative coming out that Mario's going to call the shots on offense. It's going to be his offense to a large degree. Obviously, they paid a lot of money to Josh Gaddis, so he's going to call the plays. But it's still going to be kind of a run heavy, run centric offense. Uh, I don't know if maybe they've come to some sort of agreement to because watching that Virginia Tech game, like Miami was up like maybe 20 to seven or so. And in the fourth quarter with six minutes left and they're up and they threw the ball like three straight times, which is very un-Mario like. Yeah. So I don't know if Mario kind of handed things off to Gaddis and maybe that was his like, hey, look, we're doing it your way. Look how that happened. We almost lost the game against Virginia Tech. So maybe we should dial it and rein it back in. But. Yeah, Miami's three and three right now. Are it's crazy though? when you look at their, so they're twenty seventh in the country in score total offense, and they're twenty eighth in the country in scoring defense, and yet they're three and three. Mm-hmm. That's not that's with some bad losses, man. Now I do Aslan look at that fourth down conversion percentage defense they got. Ooh, something's got to give, baby. The Knowles might actually convert one or two. How about that? How about that, gang? So, yeah, Florida State obviously has one of the worst fourth down offenses in the country. Miami has one of the first worst fourth down uh, defenses in the country. So, good time. Wow, they're they're great at net punting too. Fifth in the country. Well, that that whatever Lou, whatever his name is, the they got the Aussie punter too, who's like thirty nine years old. That dude, he booms them during games. He, he hasn't run over the line of scrimmage and punted yet, has he? Not yet, but he's got some weeks to figure that I out. I didn't know if that was an Aussie thing. It was just something yeah. they did down there. Um, but yeah, they've got wins over Bethune, Cookman, Southern Miss, and Virginia Tech. Losses to AM, Middle Tennessee, 
and North Carolina. And I think it happened in the North Carolina game. I know it happened in the middle Tennessee State game, but they've got a penchant for not being able to punch it in on the goal line from fourth and short and then surrendering 98-yard passes. Yeah, or drive, oh, just so. one play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, if they can clean that up, they'd be a little bit better. But you know what? They didn't clean it up, and that's what their record is. They're 3-3. Three and three. That's who they are. So, uh, But, yeah, going down there, I, for some – I'm 90% sure that is their homecoming game. I don't know why they did it that way, but that is their homecoming game. Uh, Mario probably realizes that as ugly as it's been here year one, if, if he can win that game, that probably gets a lot of people off his back and makes things feel better. So I, I am nervous about that. But as Corey said, every game from here on out, Florida State probably favored. That one will be close. That one would probably be a pick of my guess. Syracuse, we'll see. Um, yeah. That that'll be. That, I think both those will be very very low numbers either way. Thank you, Zach. We appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Um, our guy Gregory Moran had a suggestion. Uh, I don't know where it went. Uh, there we go. If the Knowles win the next five, Corey should post the shirtless photo he sent to Aslan on Warchant. Look, I, Stephanie's not fired up that I just sent it to one person. Um, I don't think she'd be really fired up if I just made it public. Um, because, look, it would be a swarm after that, Aslan. You know, you saw it. I mean, it would be ridiculous what would happen. I don't want people to see what's underneath this. They haven't, they haven't earned the right. Um, but, yeah, I'll do something shirtless. I don't care. I'll run through the – But and also, but see, here's the thing, Gregory Moran, is five weeks from now, this body will look even different than it did three weeks ago when I sent Aslan that, that, uh, that pick. So it wouldn't be a fair representation of what daddy's doing. So I might have to do a fresh shirtless pick, Aslan. What about that? Or you, right. you, want, you don't want that, do you? I'm all for new content. You know me, man. <laughs> I'm all for new content. Um, I can't do any large volume drinking. Eric Angel said he'll do a – he asked Jeff to do a keg stand if they'll win out. He'll take part in it if they win the next five. Will we get involved? So unbeknownst to me, apparently Jeff, Tom, and Ira have all agreed to do a keg stand in front of Corner Pocket okay. if they win the last five. No, I'm sorry. Jeff and Tom are going to do a keg stand. Okay. Uh, Ira is going to do a funnel. But he's going to funnel two beers, what? not just one, because he's going to, you know, that's easy. He can do that in his sleep. So he's, gonna, I guess, he's going to funnel two red stripes, and then I don't know. I will not do a keg stand. Um, maybe I'll drink two really fast mios and vodkas. Well, how about you take you because you get Corey gets a shot. What if I just squirt the whole vodka. mio in my mouth? Yes, exactly. The whole thing, the whole bottle. Well, no, just shot of vodka and then a little chase it with some mio. <laughs> While, while these guys are doing keg stands and this little idiot's just like a little baby bird next to him, I'll figure something out, Eric. If they win the next five, I promise I will do something uh, that's on par, on level with them doing keg stands. Kendall Cook with some uh, doll hairs in the jar. Thank you, Kendall. If we finish nine and three and the rest of the good teams lose one more, is that good enough for a Cotton Bowl bid? I don't think so. Uh, Tax Slayer versus Jimbo, possibly. What's your bowl hope? I want Reliquist. I want Tampa. I want the old Outback Bowl. I want to go home. Okay. Is that doable? Is they that I mean, is that an ACC bowl? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's the Gator Bowl, which is what I want. Um, Jeff wants the Pinstripe Bowl, but he wouldn't go either way. He's like all excited about, hey, let's go. He's not going to New York for that. Um, right around Christmas, he's not leaving his kids to go watch the flipping pinstripe bowl um so that'll be left to ira um when is the pinstripe bowl um 1228 uh, 29th 2 p.m yeah yeah no that sounds awful 
I mean, it'd be cool to be in Yankee Stadium in in theory, but it's not Yankee Stadium in October. It's Yankee yeah. Stadium in late December. So mm-hmm. you're probably playing in snow. There's no real, ooh, look, that's where Lou Gehrig played. Awesome, you're playing a different sport. There's no real history in that stadium. And uh, the prices in New York City around Christmas and New Year's are out of control. So let's not hope for that one. I would love I would love the Cotton Bowl if that's a possibility. Or the Cheez-It Bowl. Where, what, what is the Cheez-It Bowl, Aslan? Old Russell Athletic Bowl or the Old Champs Bowl? Oh, okay, so Orlando. Orlando. Yeah, I, either the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando or the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl in Jacksonville are my two choices. Okay. Shout out to the ReliQuest Bowl. That, that has historically used to be the Hall of Fame Bowl. Then it became the Outback Bowl. That was always noon, New Year's Day, which is yeah. brutal. Yeah. They've moved it to January 2nd at noon. Oh. So. Oh. All right. What, you don't want to party in Tampa for New Year's Eve? On the water? No, I mean, I just, uh, it's just, it, you know, New Year's, it, January 2nd isn't the best day. Is what, that, what? that the only game, or is that the, is that when all the other big games are on January second this year because of the um, the NFL or something? No, what's what, what's why do you want to be out on the thirtieth in Jacksonville, champ? We were in ja- we already took over Jacksonville once. No, I just I like the thought of a New Year's Day game, but maybe they don't have those. Maybe they're switching them to the second for some reason this year. Yeah, remember back in the day when it was kind of just hey, if you made a big bowl, it was Ju- it was New Year's Day. Yeah, you cool. didn't have to wonder. Wait, is that the third, or have they moved that to the thirtieth? Yeah, I don't think this team makes it into a, a New Year's Six Bowl, which is what the no, Cotton Bowl is. No, so. and also, like, and that doesn't mean that we don't think they can win out because we do think they can win out. But I think that 9-3 and three, with the losses you have, if you if you had beaten Wake or Clemson, you have a better chance. If you were 9-3 and three with a win over Clemson, maybe you have a chance to sneak in there. But I don't think winning these next five games, unless Syracuse is fourth in the country, um, would, would give you a big enough push to make one of those bowls. Question on the screen, something about turnovers. Why are we not doing turnovers? Um, I don't know, man. Just we don't have great cover corners. Guys are running open. Uh, well, it's Trey Owen. I mean, why? Why? It's weird that you didn't say his name. I'm, I'm trying to find some other information to put. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, Trey Owen asks, why is it so hard for our secondary to get takeaways? Is it Florida State's players or is it the opposing offense's game planning? Uh, I, I think, well, I, you know, look, you've played some good teams. that look, as, as bad as Devin Leary and that offense has played this year, they don't turn it over a lot. He's never turned it over a lot. Um, Sam Hartman certainly doesn't turn it over a lot, and DJ doesn't this year. Um, I think it's the fact that you've played good quarterbacks. DJ's better than you thought. So you've played good quarterbacks these last three weeks um, that don't that take care of the ball. And look, you know, you were without – when you don't have a consistent pass rush, it's hard to create those plays, man. It just is. Like last year, you had two very good defensive ends, including a great one. And you didn't have to blitz all the time. You could get pressure with your front four. And occasionally, you would get there. They'd make a rushed throw, and you'd go pick off a pass. That that has not really happened this year. But you hope over these next five games, you're not going to be playing, in my opinion, the same caliber of quarterback. And also, uh, although the Schrader kid at Syracuse is playing much better than we would have anticipated. So who knows, man? But um, Jared Verse should be hopefully healthier, you hope, and Fabian Lovett's back. So all that should hopefully mean more more pressures and more pressures, more quarterback hits, more quarterback rushes, rushed throws, rushed decisions lead to interceptions. Well said. Well said. I I think – And then fumbles, I don't know. Is that – I mean, they haven't really even created many fumbles, have they? Go hit people harder. I guess that's, that's what I'd say to that. 
I thought Fuller said yesterday something about they did knock the ball loose, but they weren't able to jump on it against Clemson. I don't even remember a ball hitting the ground, but I think he said they did. Yeah, I don't remember either. I'm sure there was. He wouldn't forget something like that. Maybe I'm imagining that. But I think he said, you know, if, if everyone's pursuing the ball at full speed, you'll tackle well, and that creates turnovers. So maybe guys aren't able to figure things out and diagnose as fast as they were early on the season. And that's the, that's the one thing that we probably, it's hard to quantify it, and we haven't talked a lot about it, but, uh, you know, Kalen Deloach might have tapered off here a little bit after the, the real strong start, but, man, Jared Verse has not been right ever since that Louisville game. I know he's been out there trying uh, really hard, man, but he, when he came to the Wake Forest game, and he was an instant impact there, so I was hoping, like, maybe he'd, he'd be that kind of flash guy for them, like, give him. 20 reps, but then he'll just yeah. show out really well in five or six of them. But we haven't really seen that against NC State or Clemson. So uh, he's the one person, maybe even more than Fabian, that I really hope this buy has gotten him right because yeah, if he can get back to September, Jared, uh, we're in good hands. We're in good hands. That's what I was trying to pull up. Our, our guy, R. Wilmer, what would Miami's rankings be if they played in the Atlantic versus the Coastal? I read that wrong, but this still kind of makes a little bit of sense. I, I pulled up North Carolina schedule. Because remember, somebody asked us on the podcast yesterday, would you rather be Florida State and start, you know, would you rather get a bunch of wins early on and then kind of fight back in the end of the season? Or would you rather start slow and then end strong um, like North Carolina? I, mean, I don't think North Carolina is going to taper off. Look at that schedule. That's why. <laughs> but look at that, man. I mean, look at that. What would Florida State's what, what do you think uh, at, at what you've seen from Florida State this year? Let's take the Miami game out of it. All the other games. Right. If you would, if the Florida State that we've seen through seven games had that schedule completely, instead of LSU, you get at FAMU. Uh, you get apps, or you get App State instead of LSU. You get FAMU instead of, and FAMU's a a fine team, but not that FAMU. They had they were missing half their team. I mean, that's a Florida State's ten and two there with that schedule, right? Yeah, probably. Again, I think App State. You'd have to say like UCF. I think App State's that's a sneaky game for a team like North Carolina. It's an in-state school. But I, I get your point. I mean, if it was UCF, I, I, that would be tricky for Florida State. But, yes, I think Florida State beats AM, They beat App State. They beat Georgia State, Notre Dame, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, they they gave up 45 to a bad Notre Dame team. A bad Notre Dame team. And they, they when you look at the rest of that schedule, so what are they now? They're 6-1. and one. They're, they're probably going to beat Pitt at home, 7-1. Virginia's not great, 8-1. and one. They're going to lose at Wake, most likely, 8-2. and two. And then they can fi- they finish off with Georgia Tech and NC State without their quarterback. So they're they're squarely looking at 10-2, and 9-3, and three, without being very good, in my opinion. Um, but they did win at Miami. And has Florida State done that yet? No. So, again, completely different. Look, I love how they have, the attendance of the Miami game was just zero. <laughs> Look at that. It's 45,000 at Virginia Tech, but then zero for the Miami game, which is close to accurate. It was, more, it was closer to zero than it was 45,000. Um, so yeah, that, that's just, it, sometimes you, you get, you know, it's, it's a tough stretch, man. Wake NC state on the road, Clemson at home. That's a tough stretch. Our guy, tough Jay schedule. Day- it's a tough schedule. Yeah. Our guy from Daytona, Jay thinks that if, uh, Amarius Mims had followed through with his verbal commitment, Florida state would be seven and zero. Oh. I don't know if I'm there. I don't, I don't I'm think there. I'm there. Um, I, yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think I'm there. It would have helped, and it's crazy that that kid's just sitting there not playing. Um, but whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm glad he's. You know, he's. I guess he's got a chance at a championship, but not playing much there. 
really bizarre that whole turn of events as, as Jay described it. Um, but yeah, they would be better. How much? What? I, I don't know that I, I would say that a left tackle, if there's a left tackle in the sport that has a war of three, like plus three over Robert Scott. I, I don't know there's anybody out there that you say, okay, I'm going to plug him in and you're guaranteed of being three games better than you are right now. But your offense would be better. No offense, Robert. Um, your offense would be better. Um, your offensive line well, certainly would be better. And maybe the Jackson, record would how about be. Jason Turn, how about you pick on Jason Turntine instead of Robert Scott? There you go. All right. Well, then what? But so is Mims your right tackle then? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, sure. There you go. Um, yeah, you're right. Robert Scott's a, he's a, he's a diehard knoll. He's been here the whole time. Um, so, yeah, if you have, if you have Mims over there instead of Turntine, yes, I think you could say at that point, you have a good offensive line. Not, not solid, not capable, but good. And that's probably good for one or one extra win a year, two extra wins a year, maybe. I don't know that I'd go that they're seven and zero. Shout out to Frankie Castellanos. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. He says Frankie he wants Texas. Says he wants Texas in the Cheez It Bowl. Okay. I, I just want a bowl, gang. Let's yeah. get to a bowl first. You still got two more wins to go get. By the way, Georgia Tech plays tonight, right? Correct. Or if We're you're listening ahead. to the pod, they played last night. Um, so that'll be interesting. I want to watch some of that to see how they look. I know Jeff Sims was like day to day. I'm sure he'll play, but I want to see how, how healthy he is and just what exactly this Georgia tech team is now. Yeah. That'd be nice. If Florida state would have had a team that didn't get like a quasi, you know, kind of like a half by, uh, before they come off their bye week. But what do you, you know, what are you going to do? We're tired. We're, we're done worrying about who the team plays or what they yeah. do before they play Florida state. Right. That, yeah. that turned out not to mean anything. James B let's go. <laughs> James B, y'all. 100 American. Thank you, James. James B is the man. Um, comes to Color. a lot of our... I, it was cool. That, did you did you get to see him Friday night, Aslan? Or was he... You, he was there when you got there, right? For after... At the corner pocket? Yeah, yeah. He was there. He was there with his brother, Carter. Okay. All right. All right. Don't and, and Shane and Michelle. So uh, he doesn't usually get in town for those things. So that was really cool that he got to... That he got to make it. We got to hang out with him for a little bit. He's got the... Like I said, he's got the best tailgate set up out there man just perfect shade right in that little ravine it's perfect nobody can see you you can sneak up on people um and his question is the db group is it the most disappointing position group thus far i i would say yeah yeah yep because i thought it was going to be a strength right not that you know it's not like they've been horrible i mean again they're i don't know what they are in past defense but they're not other than the one long touchdown they gave up to clemson they're not giving up long plays and they're not having huge breakdowns although they did have a couple too many for my like against Clemson but I thought Akeem Dent could be an all ACC caliber player the way he played at the end of last year the way he played in August I thought he was going to take that next step into maybe being um, a star Dabo thinks he's a uh, an NFL guy uh, I think Jamie Robinson has been good I think Renardo Green has been a revelation I think everybody else in that secondary has struggled and has not been what we thought they would be. 13th in the nation, allowing only 175 passing yards, 25th in total defense, 45th in scoring defense. So Yeah, it, but 64th in team passing efficiency defense. I, I you know, I'm I'm sure yards allowed is a bigger deal than than um I mean they're 25th in the nation in total defense. That's crazy. They're not that bad, guys. They're really not that bad. It's weird, though, because, you know, they just have these runs where they give up 
all these scores in a row and then they write the ship, but it's like, okay, man, you got to stop giving up all the scores in a row. I know, but spread the them out a little Corey, bit. You mentioned this, Corey. Like they, they got to stop going and allowing these 28 0 runs. Well, it, Offense that, too. That was, it was a 28 to 17 run. Yeah, that you know? would help, but you still don't want to give up multiple scores in a row. That That's not what good defenses do. Uh, and I don't think this is a good defense, but I don't think it's horrible. It's a, it's a fine defense. I think, you know, I think it's a top 40 defense in the country. Uh, total defense, I, I don't know that that says everything, um, but it says, a, it's certainly says a lot more than it did two years ago when they were just awful. Um, but yeah, so when you, when you think about that, you're like, okay, if they're 13th in the nation and passing yards allowed, does that, does that not mean the secondary is playing well? And I would say, well, no, it doesn't mean that because they give up a lot of third and tens. They give up back shoulder throws. They, they don't, they haven't gotten any interceptions. Um, and that's what I thought this defense was going to be. So that, that's all. Um, they're not horrible by any stretch. And, you know, when you look at those numbers, again, compared to who they're playing the rest of the way, they should th these last two games might be the last two games they play where we're the where they're the lesser defense. They might go into every game from here on out, right? Aslan being the better defense on the field. That's a good place to be. We'll see what Syracuse does to Clemson, right. and then we'll know for sure, I guess. Yeah, just wow. I mean, look at these last three games. Again, if you would have said, Hey, you know, you're only going to score 21 against Swick, are you going to win? I'd be like, No. If you say you're going to score 17 against NC State, will you win? I'd be like, I don't think so. Right. If you say if you told me you're going to score 28 against Clemson, I'd be like, yeah. But yeah. I mean, 14 of those were kind of, and what I think was kind of garbage time. But I think it became I, garbage time because of what your defense did in the first half. That that was my that was my. You're right. You could you could argue that it was garbage time, but your defense let them score six straight times, including four times in the first half before you gave them the ball at the 30. So that that's that was my biggest problem with that is again sometimes the defense has to rally up and I just don't like the fact that starting at LSU they have shown a propensity to give up one touchdown drive then another then another all right in a row figure it out and go make a play but they, they, they maybe love it right. back so they will yeah. thought they rallied all right after the bad fake punt but. That was kind of maybe a little bit too late at that juncture. But also, it also had something to do with Clemson being called for an called for an inconsequential hold on another walk-in touchdown. DJ just walks into the end zone again, but there was holding on the play, oh, and it yeah. didn't look like the hold had much to do with the actual play. So that was, I mean, it was a nice stand. They did get, they actually did call a hold. But if they don't call that hold, um, so say if Wake had run that play, um, that's another touchdown they would have. Uh, listen to Heather. Hit the like button, everybody. Uh, mm. Thanks for being here. It is Amen, Heather. Uh, we are live, courtesy of DeLunaCoffee.com. We are presented by uh, the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill here in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, Remember again, and, gang, happy hour all day on Sundays when you're watching right. your uh, your favorite NFL teams. And uh, also, we got some support by our friends over at MyBookie. Look at that. MyBookie. No, get it? Spooky time in here. So if you go to mybookie.ag, you can check out all these lines on all these games. 47 and a half. It's ticked up a little bit on the over-under with this Virginia-Georgia Tech game. By the time people listen to this podcast, it might end up going down as one of the classics in conference history. Uh, but you can bet on games straight up. You can go with the spreads. You can put some parlays. They've got blackjack tournament games that uh, you can win cash. It's all at mybookie. And if you use the promo code WARCHANT, your first deposit will be doubled instantly up to $1,000. So it's winning season. We're a winning football program, four and three. That counts. 
went off the field too over at my bookie. Not a great slate of games though, Corey. Nothing no. here is really uh, catching your boy's eye. Uh, Kansas Baylor, eh, you know, that could have been a cool game, but uh, lots of losing going on there. Uh, yeah, man. Wow. What are we going to watch on Saturday, Corey? Well, Brady's in a baseball tournament, so I guess it's a good time for this to be a, a bad weekend. But I'll be watching my son play baseball and hopefully get some hits. Oh, hey, shout out Pac-12, UCLA, Oregon. Oregon at home, six-point favorite against the uh, the Bruins and Chip Kelly. He goes home, 71 the over-under. Will Dan Lanning allow 35 points on his defense? Who knows? That's Who a knows? good game, man. Yeah, that's a really and good that's game. That's a 3.30 start. All right, I won't be able to watch that. In Texas, Oklahoma State. Correct, yeah. Pokes, pokes in the horns, man. How about that Oklahoma State D lineman just saying he's stopping playing this season and going to prepare for the draft? Really? Yep. I know he's, I think he's injured. I don't know how injured. Um, But again, man, I I get it. I'm all for player empowerment. I want him to be available to go get drafted. Even if you're hurt and you can't play anymore, aren't you a part of the team? Don't, can't you stick it around for two more months and be a part of the team? I, I just, anyway. That, that bothers me. It's like you're on a team, man. And, and it's it, football isn't like other sports. It's not golf. You really are a part of a team. Don't those guys? I don't know. But the NFL will if he's any good, the NFL will draft him and not not uh, ding him at all for it. So, or do you, like Dalvin, Dalvin played in his bowl game. Fournette and Christian McCaffrey, like, nope, not going to do that. Not going to risk these legs. And um, you tell me, Aslan, who has been the better running back in the NFL this in, in their careers? The 305. Dalvin Cook, baby. Uh, McCaffrey's been nice. He gets hurt a lot, but he's been nice. But Dalvin Cook, man, Dalvin Cook's different. He's built different. He played in that Michigan game. He played well. They won. And he'll always be a, uh, a fan favorite of, uh, of Florida State fans. Capital One Orange Bowl. Mm. Were you there? No, this is from when Mississippi State played Georgia Tech. Oh. The year that Florida State made the playoff. Oh, the, the Orange Bowl we all remember. Yeah. Yeah. All time, one of the all-time classics. Yeah. I remember that great Mississippi State team from 14. Yeah. Where's the juice, Ray Pereira Wonders? It's here! <laughs> what? An iconic brand. <laughs> Ray Pereira is an iconic brand, absolutely. Ray's a pillar, everybody. What up, Ray? H-Sound in the house. Although... I don't want to make you. I don't want to disappoint you any more than you already are having to deal with me every single day, Corey. But kind of, kind of rooting for the Yankees, man. Kind of rooting for the Yankees. I. It's been a while. America's team. America. It's hard. It's hard to root for the Astros. Um, I love Dusty Baker, though, man. I love that's that. that's my deal, though. I would love to see Dusty Baker win a World Series, man. I, I it bums me that it would be with like Bregman and Altuve, but I think there are two of the few hangovers left from that nonsense of a few years ago but I, I i would that's why i would root for the astros is for dusty baker he used to be a brave he was one of hank aaron's best friends he seems like a great man he's been in the game forever it would be awesome for him to go win a champ that's one of the i mean i didn't feel that bad about it but with the braves winning last year i did feel bad for that they beat dusty baker so it would be cool if dusty went one just as long as it's not the phillies which means it will probably be the phillies i just talked that into existence yeah Gentlemen, the transfer portal has contributed to more parity in college football. It's scary to think what our team and record over the last three years would have been if the portal did not exist. Yeah, man. I mean, 
you're talking about Jamie Robinson, Jermaine Johnson, Jared Verse, Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman. Jordan Travis was a normal transfer before the portal. Uh, Tatum Bethune. I mean, Kier on Thomas. and on and on. Who? Kier Thomas, Demetri yeah. Emanuel, Dylan Gibbons, Jazen Turntine. Yeah. Uh, Three, Trey yeah, Benson. So just 60% of your offensive line. Micah uh, Pittman, Johnny Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody. It's half your starting offense, right? Well, and Trey Benson. I yeah. mean, good grief. You're awesome. right, Ray. It is. But you know what? We're living in the portal world, buddy. So it is scary to think about what it would be, but they have done a good job of hitting the portal. Um, they are going to have to hit it again. I've got some names I'm going to send over to Norvell um, as soon as the clock strikes midnight on this season, and he needs to get uh, he needs to get into those DMs quickly. Yeah, I think that's what allowed Mel Tucker to have a real good year and really hit the ground running with Michigan State. They're now 3-4 and four on the season, so – uh, maybe they weren't able to replenish as well as Mike Norvell. Well, that was able that to. is the risk though, right? Is not every portal year is the same. You're, you're always replenishing with different people and you don't know, you know, if they're going to be as good. So that is like the, the, the benefit of bringing up your own players from the high school ranks is, you know, okay, this guy's a stud. This guy's a stud. He's a future star. We're going to develop him. And there we've got this to build on. We've got this foundation, but when you're, when you're constantly plugging so many holes, um, you know, that, that can happen. There can be a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of var variety and it can vary from really good to not a great season in the portal. And then this is where you are. I mean, I think there's always going to be the guys out there. You just, you've got to be able to, to pull them in, which, you know, Norvell's done here two seasons in a row. So I, I know we talked about on the show the other day when you, you kind of mentioned, you know, Hey, you don't want to go there right now, but if you kind of start thinking about what 2023 looks like, if a bunch of guys do leave. But, I mean, that's one thing I, I will certainly give Mike Norvell benefit of the doubt on. I, I think that as long as this portal thing is around, which there's no reason to think it's going to close anytime soon, and they'll they'll identify the top guys that are out there, and they'll they'll get a good share of them, man. I think Ole Miss yeah. is another program that might has, has kind of done a good job in there too. But, um, yeah, I don't doubt that if, you know, they lose, you know, Fabian and Coop and, and, and reverse leaves for the NFL draft, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to imagine they're not going to end up finding another real good defensive end. But I don't know, maybe at some point your luck runs out, you don't get a Jermaine Johnson, you don't get a Jared Verse. And it would be – I mean, look, man, Verse and Johnny Wilson are sophomores. They don't have a ton of risk. The, Verse is a little different because he's seen what a knee – like he's been injured. Um, and maybe that that puts in his head, i got to go make some money. But those two guys are both sophomores. They're redshirt sophomores, so they're uh, draft eligible. But, man, they could both come back and have monster junior years and still be early entrants and still, you know, get there ahead of schedule. Um, and just think about what – I think it would benefit them, sure. But selfishly, imagine having those two guys coming back next year. Um, and then, you know, Micah Pittman, I can't imagine he's going to go anywhere. Um, you know, so you know, Trey Benson's not going anywhere. So you've got the you've got a nice foundation to build on with some of these portal guys. It just – it was – you know, and it wasn't through any fault of their – it wasn't through any fault of Florida State, but Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson were, ended up being one-year rentals. Two-year rentals when they're good, like Jamie Robinson, are a lot sweeter. Maybe Jamie Robinson is a three-year rental. He's still got another year of eligibility left too. I would say, I mean, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it, but you know, shout out to Micah Pittman. He's he's honest, man. He's transparent. He keeps it one hundred, as the kids say. Mm. Do they uh, still say that? That seems like something they said a decade ago. Oh, uh, or he he don't. He, there's no capping. There's no capping with Micah. Yeah, there you go. That sounds right. That's no capping. Right, yeah. Um. If Jordan were to leave and they didn't bring in a good quarterback or someone that he liked, I could see him maybe seeing if there's somewhere else he'd want to go because 
and he, he was he was pretty honest and forthright about the reason he left Oregon was because he didn't like the offense. He didn't like the quarterback. I do think he likes this offense. Yeah, uh, but I, you know, maybe he doesn't think he's going to get as many balls thrown his way, or maybe not as good of a quarterback. And uh, well, and you also might have Winston Wright. You you absolutely should have Winston Wright uh, next year too. So you your receiving core, if you can get Johnny Wilson to come back, uh, that that's going to be I, I feel like one of the better ones in the conference. Um, uh, Tom Mortner in the house. Get a little music for that. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. If, if they so, if they run the table from here on out, regular season at least, and finish nine and three, what's reasonable expectations for next year? Twelve and zero. The problem with that is honestly, like we were just talking about, Tom. Each season is so different now because of the portal and because of the draft that you literally might be losing. The, the the players that that sparked this 5-0 run, if they were going to, to go on a five-game winning streak, the players that sparked that run, you don't know how many of them you're getting back. And it's hard to have a reasonable expectation. Um, or he spelled it expe- expectation. That's, that's, we knew what you meant. Um, that's not even a word, though, I don't think. Um, who's the quarterback, man? You know, it's hard to know what you're going to what, – what the record's going to be if you don't know who the quarterback is, you don't know who the – the the really good defensive end coming off the edge is is Fabian Lovett back, Jamie Robinson back. So that's again, that's what I my, my one concern, caveat, worry going into next year, even if they finish off well, is what what is the core of this team coming back next year? Is it verse Lovett, Jordan Travis, Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, Bethune, or is it Patrick Payton, Malcolm Ray, Shaheen Brown, uh, you know, Kintron Portier? In the, and not that those guys can't play and won't end up being good players, but they're certainly not haven't proven to be the level of the the players I mentioned before them. So that's you know you don't you don't seem to have a ton of high school recruits that are in this system that are freshmen or sophomores that you know for sure what they will be. You hope, but you don't know for sure. And uh, so that's that's where there's a concern about what they would be next year if they lose all those guys. But again, the portal is open, and you are going to get some big time players to come in here, just like you have the last two years. I do take exception with that because. Oh, what, well, what I got something you of, can take exception with. Well, <laughs> we're kind of being Mark, you know, the bright side, the upshot of Mike Norvell and the climb and what he's doing is that they went from three wins to five wins to eight wins. You know, it's it's this belief in this sort of unprecedented linear growth to where you maybe win two more games, two, three more games every single season, then you peak and you win a national championship. I mean, if they win nine games this season, your point's valid, Corey, right? They lose the people that were responsible for the nine wins. You have to be realistic in your expectations. But, man, it, that can't be your plateau. I mean, you, you can't – this no, team I, that you assembled can't be – and I'm not saying you're saying that, but yeah, there's no turning back, man. This Where he's at right now, what he has accomplished or not accomplished right now, you cannot afford to take a step back. I mean, if you win nine, you go nine three. My expectation for next season is that you reload well in the portal and that you compete for winning this conference, or at least but make it. it but, but I think what in a in a bigger picture uh, viewpoint is, you go nine and three this year, you end up having a solid to good recruiting class. I don't know, top twelve, top fifteen. I mean, you're getting some players. Um, that bodes well, but those guys aren't going to help you in 2023. Maybe the Williams kid does, but most of those, most, most, I mean, you see this freshman class this year. How many of them are on the field? Two, um, and one's just a kick returner. So, um, so 
you know, you 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 know that your the the recruiting class isn't going to help you next year. So what it does do though is it bolsters what you're building. And so a nine and three maybe doesn't mean nine and three in 2023, but maybe it does mean ten and two or eleven and one in 2024. Like it could be the 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 boost that gets you to where you want to go two years from now. Like you can't look at this program. If they go nine and three, do you think this team is going to contend for a national championship next year? No, but I I think you should be competing to be one of the top two teams in this conference and go represent it in the conference title game. All right, it's well I, I hope it happens. They, but then they they're not that far off right now. You know, a couple plays here and there in these last three games, and they'd be uh, if they had Amarius Mims, they could be seven and zero, my man. So yeah, there's a lot of things, but they they are in a position now. I think where I get what you're saying. There's no turning back to like 2021 or 2020. I think this is the base for this program now, in my opinion, I hope it is anyway, where you're in every game, you're competing, you're competing and you're competitive in every game. You are a tough out. You're a tough team to beat. That's what I'm hoping. Ed Lemmix is here, everybody. Shout out to the Godfather. Guys, this is a very special occasion. The Godfather himself has been kind enough to grace us with his presence. The Godfather. This is his damn house. He lives here. He sleeps 20 feet away. It hits your lips. It's so good. Thelunacoffee.com, everybody. Thelunacoffee.com. Come explore our world of coffee. Use that promo code WARCHANT15. You'll save 15% off your order over at Deluna. Hey, maybe you don't like coffee. Okay, fine. Be weird. Uh, they also have a hot cocoa bundle where you'll get the tumbler. Mm. You'll get uh, a, about a two-bag, now one and three-quarter ounce sampler of the Paradise, which... You can go ahead and throw that in someone's stocking. We're Duke. We're coming up maybe here a little bit on the holiday season, um, and then a pound of delicious hot cocoa. Uh, cocoa so good, it's cocoa to die for. It says it right there on the label. Delunacoffee.com. Nice. <laughs> coming for our world of coffee again. Use that promo code WARCHANT15 to save fifteen percent. Ed is the uh, the man, the head of the uh, the operation over at Delunacoffee.com with his son Brett uh, and his wife, uh, the matriarch uh, Courtney. So. Mm. Hello, Ed. Thank you, Ed. We appreciate it. You already gave us money, but you give us even more money. So God bless you. Ed, you are the man. You know that. Courtney, Courtney, we say hey to you too. And so does Stephanie. We miss you. We haven't seen them in a minute. Yeah. I, I didn't see you in New Orleans. I don't want to talk too much about it. Ed, a little bit hurt. Yeah. What happened? I didn't like that. Ed's over here. He's on the he's over here on the on the uh the pillar, but he's on it, I assure you. His query will Fabian Lovett, Treshawn Ward, Winston Wright. And Robert Cooper be back for Georgia Tech. Courtney says, hey, you guys, and Steph. Funny. Um, I no. mean, I think we I don't, don't think know. Wright. I don't think Winston Wright's going to be back. I don't see Winston Wright being back. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We don't. The answer is we don't know. I, I would be, I think, Fabian for sure. Treshawn, yeah, no. again, I would be, I would be, uh, just because of the way that looked, uh, that was a tough injury. I mean, he he was in a hospital bed, gang, um, a couple like ten days ago. So that I think that would be tough, and I also think it probably helps his um, time to rehab when the way Toa Feely and Benson are now running, the way they looked in that game. You don't you're not going to rush him back, but I would say Fabian and Cooper for sure. I would expect to see against uh, Georgia Tech. Winston Wright still an unknown. Be cool. It'd be cool to see him just for uh, just for a few plays when they're up by 35, right? Mm, absolutely. Thank you, Ed. You're the man. Garrett S., if Florida State University did not exist 
and you had to cover another team, uh, counting the prestige location, who would it be and why? Who? Probably, I mean, if I can make Florida, as much money as Probably as Florida money. for you? <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Um, I mean, if I made as much money as I do working for Gene Williams um, in Los Angeles and the cost of living was met, wouldn't it be bad covering Southern Cal? I'd like to hang out Lincoln Riley, have some beers at Link. Um, if not, I think Austin would be cool too. Although, like, these these programs are not nearly as accessible. No one, no one is nearly as accessible as Mike Norvell in Florida State. So uh, Texas is really not that fun to cover because you don't get to talk to anybody besides Steve Sarkeesian. And I think you can only run about two minutes of his press conferences, period. Um, I mean, we run every single second of every single word that Mike Norvell and his coaches and players talk. Yep. Uh, there's huge limits on all these other guys. But just in terms of like uh, living quality of life, Austin, Texas, Los Angeles, I would, I would not mind covering those programs. Yeah, I think you kind of took mine, man. I was going to say Austin. I've never been to Austin. It looks like a really cool city. Um, a lot of celebrities now live there. They got the festival every year. I I, I, I can't think of another. I mean, I could say Athens, but I, I'm not going to say that. I, I would say uh, I think that's the one, man. I think Austin. But And he doesn't, whether it's access, when you're just focusing on prestige and location, I think that's a pretty darn good combo of Austin, Texas and covering the Longhorns. All right, moving along here. Uh, solid headshot there, man. Look at that. That's nice, man. Uh, Joseph Govanara. Governara? Gover Governara. I'm going to say Governara. Um, but also, like, I love the the high school senior shots where, like, yeah. why, why do you have to pose in front of clouds <laughs> or whatever that is? What is that? What is that backdrop? And I'm not – this isn't a shot at Joseph. It's just these are what they always look like. They've looked like that for 30 years. It's a soft blue background. Just it's very flattering on, on fair skin tone. So, oh, okay. All right. No, I mean, shout out to him. Uh, I'm going to try to see if I can find a – I couldn't. I was going to see if I can maybe find his full frame and pull it up on the screen share. Thank you, Joseph, for your question. If you were a betting man, what are the odds or the offs? What are the offs? I think Come on, everybody. Odds, yeah. Proofread these things. Yeah. Uh, what are the odds Jordan Travis comes back next season? I would say 40%. Oh, okay. The NIL is a, is a, is a real positive, but um, I mean, he is on record saying that he was going into this season expecting it to be his last one. So that's, I, I have no reason to not take him at his word. He's been good enough for sure. He's been healthy enough ish that, uh, you know, I don't know what, if he thought he was going to have one good season and leave, what has happened the last seven games that would make him think, nope, I'm not ready. You know, if he thinks he's ready, if he thought he was ready before the season and he's played as well as he has, and I know he's had hiccups, but every quarterback does, he has been a good quarterback. I would think that he's, he would, in his mind, he might've done enough to say, I'm going to go give it a try. If not now, it's going to be never. I would tell him, why don't you come back and get you a nice, really fat NIL deal and make some real money for maybe the last time in your life um, as a, as a, as a quarterback, because not that he can't do it. There's plenty of guys that I didn't think were NFL caliber that played in the league for a long time. He can do it. There's no guarantee though. And it will be, the NFL will be there after next year, next year, it would be a guaranteed lots of money for Jordan Travis here at Florida state. I mean, so, you know, guaranteed money 
to me is better than uh, risky money. But you know what? Aslan scared money never made money either. Ew, don't quote that guy. That's not who's who am I quoting? Head football coach at uh, Florida. Ah, but I think it's a real, it's a real, it's a quote before him. It's like people thinking I came up with iron sharpens iron. What do you mean? People? No, I know. I did say that I did come up with that. I'm saying, yeah, everybody knows that. Sure. I mean, you know, just for fun, Z's, I just pulled up the top passers in the nation just based on yardage. Well, that's not, what does that prove? No, I'm just saying. You don't think he's as good as the kid at Ohio? Oh, I mean, golly, you just, I can't, we can't even talk about him without you getting very defensive (laughs) and me getting very defensive. I was just saying the NIL money is a real thing, but if you thought there was somebody else out there that you could maybe sweeten the pot and go get them. Oh, sure. There's nobody on this list here that I look at. They're all upperclassmen. There's nobody on this list of of 15 dudes where I'm like, go get, I mean, you know, Caleb. What about the kid at Carolina? Drake May. Hey, you want to stay at a basketball school, Drake? You want to stay at a basketball school or you going to, you want to come into Florida state and be a campus hero. They don't even know who you are. If you're not Armando Baycott or one of the guards, on the basketball team, they don't know who you are. Come to Florida State, you'll be a star. System quarterback. I mean, I watched him against Miami. Was not impressed. So, um, stays healthy though. But Jordan stayed healthy ever since the uh, the game. So that's always good. That is always good. Uh, What else we got here? Um, All right, now just some good vibes. D G G two. I think FSU has a chance to win all five of these games. The players need to take it one game at a time. All right, that's we all, all need to take it one game at a time. I'm not looking past Georgia Tech. I'm watching that game tonight with an eagle eye. I want to see what they got. I haven't gotten to see them really at all this year, except for the Clemson game, and they're a completely different team than they were then. Ann Arbor has spoken. Mike Fort, Michigan fan. Nine and three, really? Maybe I'm in some parallel universe where you're not going to the Carrier Dome later on. Yeah, to play the uh, that that long that long yeah. That historic uh, powerhouse, uh, Syracuse. Look, man, Syracuse is going to be good. They'll probably be favored in that game. They are better than we thought. Um, but look, let's see what they look like against Clemson before I – and again, man, they're not as good as Clemson, and Florida State was winning six points of that game. So, come on. Hey, go uh, go try to tackle Keith Gavin, man. Tell your guys to go uh, tighten up. Learn how to cover or T-Buck. Go, yeah. go try to yeah, – quit throwing the ball to T-Buck. Uh, I, I went with a 31-year-old reference. Um, let's see here. I got to delete this. It's funny though, that he said the Syracuse game is if that's, I mean, that's, I, I think that's going to be a difficult game, but I think at, at Miami and Florida are all going to be, you know, within four or five point spreads and they're all going to be, they probably will all be one possession in the fourth quarter. Wow, they're, they're, they're going, they're going off on this poor, this guy's just in the, he's, he's in the pocket right now. Hey, guys, take- be, be easy. Well, I don't mean he's, he's watching oh. the show. It's, it's odd that he's here, but I love that he's here. We want, we want uh, a well-rounded uh, viewership. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Um, if, if Miami is the toughest game, then what is the second toughest game? Then do you think, Corey, would it be Syracuse? Or Probably. Be yeah. At that, yeah. At Syracuse. Um, because I do, like I said, I think they've done a really good job that, their coordinator QB coach uh, came from Virginia where they were doing a really good job of Brennan Armstrong. You saw what they look like now that he's gone. And then Schrader, Schrader's become a nice quarterback, man. He doesn't make mistakes. He's a big kid that can run. He does well in that offense. They've suited it for him. Um, and if they're seven and one or I, I, whatever, they'd be nine and oh or eight and one, it'll be a pretty tough crowd. So that's going to, that'll be a tough game. And they don't make a ton of mistakes on defense. They're not horrible on defense by any means. Kevin Hickson wonders why can't we run the same offense at the end of the game that we're running in the beginning of the game? 
Which, what? Uh, ask that's why, not why what he said. Is what he? That's not what he asked. Why can't we run the offense that we're running? Oh, well, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm sorry I pulled that. Well, out. I think he's saying because they went up and down the field the last two drives and and scored. Oh. Um, they they oh. I mean they got they they threw the ball more than they were planning to, but I think you know they kind of wanted to shorten the game a little bit. Clearly, that's all their games are nine possession games. Um, they were running the ball well, and I thought the offense did really well in the first half, except for the fourth and two nonsense, the throw there, and then the fumble. You know, you you had you were you were on drives, good drives both times, and and those are just opportunities you can't miss against a good team, man, because they're going to take advantage. Our guy Tom Warner said he, he missed a lot of games this year because he's got kids. Um, kids do that to you. How would you explain what happened in the the Wake Forest and NC State games to people that might have been under a rock, Corey? How would you? What would be like the the elevator pitch of what happened against Wake Forest and what happened against NC State? So I think both 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 of those games, in my opinion, were on the offense. I know I was very critical of the defense against Clemson, but those other two games, I thought the offense um, just got into a rut and spiraled. Quite frankly, um, didn't handle. Um, you know, they're supposed to handle uh, re- and respond better. They didn't handle adversity well. You know, they start out with a, a three and out right away after they give up a touchdown to start the second half against NC State, and it just devolved. Dropping passes, personal fouls, maybe not the best reads by a quarterback, and then that that bad interception in the game. I just think the one thing I want to see this quarterback do and this play caller do. Um, same thing with the defense. I want them to see, I want them to be able to respond a little better and not like one empty drive turn into five empty drives. And that's what happened against Wake Forest. That's how you let a team, as Aslan's point was, it, it takes two sides to give up a 28 nothing run. There's the 28 that your defense has given up. Well, there's the big fat zero that your offense is scoring. And I think that's my biggest problem with what I've seen through these seven games with the offense is that they're, they're, there's some ruts there where they've got to figure out a way to overcome a little bit of adversity, make some plays when they're needed, um, and just, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not smart enough to tell them what they're doing wrong, but just do better. Um, so I, the, the short answer is the offense stunk in the second quarter against Wake Forest, was just awful, and then was awful the whole second half against NC State. And that's why they lost those two games. All right. Look at that. We did, we did, we did podcasts that were – Hours long, but Corey just distilled it there for you. Uh, by the way, Thompson, I guess apparently it was the hurricane that knocked him out of watching those games. Now his kids. Oh. Hope everything's all right, man. Yeah, Tom. Octavio wonders aloud. I feel like Mike Norvell's play calling is for a better offense than we have. A quarterback with more time than Jordan Travis has been truly given. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I thought there were times in that Clemson game where he had, he had. Plenty of time to throw, and I thought he had time to throw against NC State at times, especially when they're only rushing three. Now there are there are complete breakdowns where he's running for his life as soon as he catches the snap. Um, but again, I I think when you look at the when you look at the whole what this offense has done through seven games, it's a it's a decent to good offense. It just doesn't score well, which is I guess you know you could say well that not that the point of an offense? I get it. The red zone offense is bad. Um, but I think the overall offense has been good. If they were better at red zone offense, they would be, uh, you know, one of the better offenses in the conference, right? Like maybe top 15 in the country if they were better in the red zone, which is a huge if because they're not. But I I think I like what he does as a play caller for the most part. I really do. I think he's done a a pretty darn good job overall. I mean, they're 26 in the nation in rushing. Um, I don't quite understand the 49th in passing efficiency, 
But the fact that they're 26th in total offense and 60th in scoring offense, that's too big a disparity, man. If you're the 26th best offense yardage-wise, you should be putting up more than 30.9 points per game. No, 31. Let's round it up. 31. But 31, yeah. yeah. Well, you should that's be a- putting up more than 31 points per game. That sounds like a good. I mean, you're scoring 31. You're only allowing 23. We'll round that one up too. I don't know if you if you had told me Florida State was going to be averaging 31 points per game and allowing only 23. I think I would have said like I don't know like five and two, probably would have been like four and three. I'd be like, oh really? How does that work? But then you know, obviously, Duquesne's in there. You you walk the heck out of BC. Boston College, yeah. So I mean, it really could come down to, and I'm not being sarcastic, like that fourth down conversion percentage. If you were just 50th in the country, that's probably worth an extra 17 points this season, 24 points this season. I don't know. You think about the 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 fade to Pittman and L- starting with the first half of the first game, they've been awful at fourth on fourth downs. And if they were just average on fourth downs, because they are going to go for it, you're talking about I don't know, man, maybe an extra three points per game. And you that might not sound like a lot, but I bet that would put them in the top 30 in the country in uh, points per game. Yeah. I mean, this is where they were last year uh, to take it to an account, I guess. I mean, the crazy thing is their uh, red zone offense was rock solid. I mean, they were 90% of the time they were converting and getting points out there. So um, look at the fourth down percentage on offense last year, Aslan. They're, so they've gotten really? better this year. They were, they were 128th podcast listeners <laughs> in fourth down percentage con- conversion last year. This year, they're up to 126. So it's, Look, man, it's incremental. It's baby steps, but they're climbing. Next year, they'll be 124, maybe have a big jump to 118. But yeah, so Aslan's got it on the screen. They were 80th last year in total offense. This year, they're 26th. Uh, that, that's a pretty nice, substantial jump. Um, and they average- are averaging three points more per game, uh, three and a half. Um, it would be nice if that was closer to 35. And I said this in the roundtable that will be on uh, on our site uh, later this week or into the weekend. I think they could average 35 a game from here on out. I really do. And if they get to that number, they should at least win four and they could win all five. They they can get to 35. I'm not saying they will. They've just got to be – they're going to get yards. They're going to go from the 20 to the 20. It's a good offense for that. It's just got to be better when it matters down deep in the uh, red zone. Why do you think the red zone has been struggling this year? Asks Jeff Knuckles. Uh, I mean, we were really good last year. You got a better weapon, better yeah. offensive line, quarterbacks playing better. Jay Sean Corbin, do we not account for maybe a, a, how hard he ran? I don't know. That's, um, I think also that the kicking thing affects this as well, right? Because when you get 100%. to the 20 and you yep. don't get any points, it goes against your numbers. And you're going, you're going for it early in a, like, you know, when you have first down at the 19, you don't want to just run to set up second and seven. You want to go take that shot because you're not counting on, you're not guaranteed three points. Not in Mike Norvell's mind anyway. He he says something else, I get it. He doesn't think they're guaranteed three points when they're inside the 20-yard line. So they want to go strike. And sometimes that leads to, well, an interception to lose the game or second and 10 after an incomplete pass or second and 13 after a sack. And then all of a sudden you're behind the chains and that's that's not a way to live in the red zone. Um but yeah, you, you know that's something they have to fix. That, that they got five games to do it. You've got a weapon that nobody in the country has. I hated the way they used that weapon against Clemson down deep there. Um, so yeah, I just 
they've got to figure out a way when they're inside the there's no wildcat they don't do wildcat down there they've done it uh i think they did it once against lsu and scored I, was that lundy like yeah. was that a wildcat play right i think so um but that's at the one they just i don't think jordan travis has run a lot uh down there which you saw clemson they scored one touchdown almost scored two because their quarterback kept it and ran it around right in from the five i don't think jordan travis has done that enough deep down because that's something you can't account for and yeah the play calling hasn't been great oh hey right at the buzzer man we're just about to wrap up in the hour mark here but our guy jeremy ivan's in the house Corey and Ira, Road Trip to Miami 2022 documentary filmed by Aslan and War Champ Productions. Hashtag let's make it happen. I'm not riding down there with that fool. You crazy? I'm not. I'm too, life's too short, Jeremy. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the uh, the donation. That's very kind of you. Um, but no, I've, I've, I might have taken my last long road trip with Ira. I think I've, I've come to the conclusion that I'm too long. Life's too short. And, and no, he would say the exact same thing. It's just why bicker? Why can't I just like stopping at rest areas? I like to get fast food to go. All yeah. these things that it's like, you know, if, if 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 we have an employer that's willing to let us both ride down there separately, why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah, we didn't even make it 30 minutes into the drive to New Orleans and we stopped at a rest area. And then 15 minutes later, we stopped into Funiac and grabbed to go food from a fast food restaurant. It's Dude, weird. What did we do? What did we, why did we stop in the rest area? I had to pee. Yeah, I think either you or Steph did. Oh, all right. Well, probably Steph. Let's blame her. Let's blame her. But you had a good time on that drive, Aslan. Don't awesome. lie. I love. It. I love. Don't it. Lie. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be with Ira. Maybe I can just. I can make it to the, an Ira show fell uh, feature. I'll just focus on him. Uh, it's, Are you it's going always... down there? By the way, are you going? Yeah. For... Oh, yeah. Good man. All right. Nice. Well, the whole gang's going to be there. I kind of don't want to go. There's a wedding I'd rather go to, but I don't. I don't think I can punt on the Miami game. Uh, <laughs> probably. But not. I don't know, man. If if they lose against Georgia Tech, I might have to take we it. We might all punt. It'll be an Ira joint. I'll go back home and watch Brady play baseball. All right. Shout out to a Jeremy, Ed, Tom, Ray, James, Frankie, and Kendall, and our guy, Zach. Uh, thank you so much for your guys' generosity. That's super awesome, man. We really do appreciate it. These shows are always so much fun. And you Shout out to my it. lighting department. Uh, they've really done a great job here just shrouding me in shadows for the whole time. I'm, I'm going to get that fixed for next time, Aslan, I promise. Uh, it's a wrap for us, but Jeff Cameron show on Fridays, one to three o'clock, as well as some roundtable discussion with all of us, Ira, myself, Corey, Jeff, Austin, and Tom Lang, director of original content and the executive producer of the Jeff Cameron show. So stay connected to warchant.com. Let's go watch a Georgia Tech game, do some scouting, right, Corey? Let's do it. Let's do it. Go who's go who's right. here comes Virginia. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thanks for watching and listening to wake up war champ presented by the corner pocket bar and grill presented live by DeLunaCoffee.com.